How many times have you worked up the courage to email a brand and then when and if you get a response from them, they tell you that they can only work on gifted campaigns with you? I get it. It's frustrating. We want to get paid for our work, right? But are gifted partnerships necessarily always bad? Does it automatically mean that the brand doesn't want to or will never pay you? Not entirely. In fact, today's guest thinks that gifted partnerships are a great sign that a brand does eventually want to pay you. Curious why? I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today's guest, Rafi Evans, is a multifaceted talent strategist and content producer turned digital publicist who has experience establishing creator relationships and leveraging those relationships with talent, representatives, platforms, and brands to develop and produce successful partnerships. As a digital manager at ICA Infinity Creative Agency, she bridges the world between a roster of fashion and lifestyle brand clients and talent to continue to provide larger opportunities for creators. Today, Rafi's giving us the scoop on how to turn gifted collaborations into paid opportunities. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Wouldn't your creator journey be easier if you had more support and more knowledge? Join us in the Social Suite, our private creator community, where you get one-on-one coaching access to me and more than 70 other creators to help you through all the bumps in the road on your journey to profitability. From brand deal opportunities posted multiple times per week to monthly creator meetups on Zoom to network and get the support you need from your community. It's all happening in the social suite plus seriously so much more. Use code SCOOP for 50% off your first month, literally making it less than what you spend on coffee every week. See you guys in the suite. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 72 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. 72 freaking episodes in. What is life? So crazy. Every week. I see this literally every week and somehow every week I'm still shocked. (laughs) It's just, it's so many episodes. This week, I feel like I got hit by a social media news train. Even over the weekend, I was just like, what is happening? Every platform is throwing all the things at us in, you know, just a few day period. So I'm just going to go dive right into it because holy shit, there's a lot. First things first, Meta will soon require payment for verification. On Sunday, you know, the day where I do not want to think about social media, Mark Zuckerberg thought it would be a great idea to interrupt our weekend with the news of Meta Verified, which, quote, is a subscription bundle on Instagram and Facebook that includes a verified badge that authenticates your account with government ID, proactive account protection, access to account support, and increased visibility and reach. Now, there's a lot to this. First of all, they're starting the gradual test in Australia and New Zealand later this week to actually learn what's most valuable. And hopefully if things go well, they're going to be bringing it to the rest of the world soon. Now with Meta Verified, here's what you get. First things first, you get your verified badge. So that is confirming that you're the real you and that your account has been authenticated with your government ID. You also get more protection from impersonation because there is 
quote, proactive account monitoring for impersonators who might target people with growing online audiences. So essentially, if you have people who are impersonating your account, people will see that yours is the only one that's actually verified. And so they'll know that that's the real account. You'll also get help when you need it or access to their customer support. It says it will be a real person for common account issues. No specifics on what exactly common account issues will cover, but you will have some sort of access to a real person at the customer service team at Instagram, which like, do they even exist? (laughs) I feel like at this point, anytime I've ever needed help from Instagram, I've just been like, what's the point of even trying? No one ever gets back to me. So maybe if you're paying, someone will get back to you. This to me feels like it should just be included as a user of Instagram, like that they should just have a support team uh, as a bare minimum. I don't know, as someone who literally spends so much of their life on Instagram. um, But you know, that's just me. You will also get quote, increased visibility and reach with prominence in some areas of the platform, like search comments and recommendations. So they are going to be prioritizing people who are verified on the platform in areas like search comments and recommendations, which I have mixed feelings about. I think this could be a very useful tool for people who obviously do purchase their monthly subscription and get the verification. But on the other hand, what about people who don't have the money to do this monthly? That really sucks that their account is going to be deprioritized just because they don't have money to be spending on verification. I don't love that. And it also says you get exclusive features to express yourself in unique ways. That is very vague. What does that mean? I already express myself in unique ways for free. Why do I have to pay to do it? (laughs) Okay, so you can purchase a monthly subscription for, this is a little confusing to me, $11.99 on the web or $14.99 on iOS or Android. So if I purchase it on the web, it would be cheaper. However, why is there even a difference? This I don't understand. Someone make it make sense. Also, it says, as we test and learn, there will be no changes to accounts on Instagram and Facebook that are already verified based on prior requirements, including authenticity and notability. I recently, as I talked about here on the show, I actually got verified a few weeks ago. And of course, the minute I get verified, something like this would happen. It says that there will be no changes though right now. But once this is rolled out everywhere, I would be really curious to know if people who are already verified are either going to have to pay to keep their verification or if we're kind of grandfathered into a system where we don't have to. Not really sure what will happen there. My overall thoughts on this, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I see the pros and cons. I really do. However, I think there's more cons than there are pros. And this to me feels like Meta is grasping at straws, trying to make money um, because maybe they're struggling. Maybe investors are looking at how people are enjoying Instagram as a whole and Facebook and really pulling out, you know, pulling their money out, getting nervous. And so Instagram is like, oh shit, we need to find ways to make money. And that kind of is how that feels to me. I do think that this also devalues verification. Like I don't think verification will be about notability anymore. Verification will simply be authentication. You know, like we won't know, oh, this person is like legit based on their verification, Um, which really sucks for a lot of us who have worked really hard to get verified. And, you know, now anyone can do it. It really does kind of devalue it in my opinion. Also, I'm very curious to hear what the access to customer service will actually look like. And the fact that they specified for common account issues also makes me think that it's going to be very, very, very basic account 
customer service. I guess anything is better than nothing. However, I really would be curious to know, like internally, can they handle that? You know, going from basically having zero customer service, let's be honest, to being able to offer that to so many people who are going to buy into this monthly subscription. I just feel like with all the layoffs and all of that, it's still not going to be a great customer service experience. But you know how I feel about Instagram, guys. (laughs) Like it's hard for me to have a positive outlook on things that they come out with because it just feels like they're never really in it for us creators. Anyway, I could talk about this literally all day. I'm happy to discuss this with you guys in the DM. So send me a DM and let me know what you think about verification. Would you pay for it or would you not? I get the pros and cons. I'm going to have to say probably not. Another big thing that happened this week was that Instagram broadcast channels were announced. And this one I actually am excited for. This is one piece of Instagram news that honestly in a really long time that I've been actually really excited about. So channels are a one-to-many messaging tool that are going to allow you to send text, video, photo, voice memos, and polls to people in your channel. Now your channel is something that you're going to be able to create. And essentially, you can share it to your stories to get people to join into your channel. And then once they're there, they basically get kind of like, you could almost like newsletter blast them, but like in the form of DMs, I guess is kind of the easiest way to understand it. Now people cannot respond or like type things and respond in that channel. It's a one to many messaging tool. I actually, our last guest uh, last week, Leah Haberman had written about this and she made a really good point that Instagram made this feature to, you know, like garner more engagement and, and let people connect with their audiences more. But they're almost kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they're not actually allowing people to interact with each other. The only way that you can interact is by liking those, you know, comments that are text, photo, video, whatever is getting sent in there. People can like them and they can vote in your polls, but they have no actual way to type something in response. So how far does that engagement quality of broadcast channels actually go? I like it for, you know, being able to share my offers or share podcast episodes or, you know, exclusive deals and things like that. So I'm definitely going to make one. I'm, I actually think there are a lot of positives to this, but I just don't think that calling it a tool that is going to garner engagement is something that really makes sense to me considering people can't actually even have a conversation. Now for channels, there is currently a wait list to get on it. Last time we checked, it was full. So I would recommend checking out the show notes link. We have a link in there that you can actually go and see if the wait list is full. If not, you can get on it. And so if this is something you're interested in, you're going to have to get on a wait list at this point. Instagram is also testing a watch time area for reels. So this would give you the ability to see the total watch time on a specific video as well as the average watch time on that reel. This is really great information that TikTok typically gives you on videos. And it's something that I look at a lot to see kind of like where I'm losing people in the videos that I'm creating so that I can make, you know, smart changes to my video formats. And so I actually am really excited that this is happening on reels. So TikTok actually came out with this revamped creator fund. I'm going to give you all the details that I have about it at this point, but it's actually not super clear exactly what changes changes will be made here. This new program is called the Creativity Program. (laughs) Very creative name, TikTok. And it is a program that's designed to generate higher revenue and unlock more opportunities for creators. We love that. Sounds great. Now, the program is available starting um, today. I'm recording this Monday, February 20th. And this is for select creators on an invite-only basis. And then with all eligible creators um, being able to have this feature available to them coming soon. So only invite-only at this point. 
Now, given that the program is still in their early stages, we haven't really been able to get specifics from TikTok about the amount of money that is basically allocated for this program. They also didn't give any information on how many followers or views that creators need in order to be eligible for the program. I read some speculation saying that it was going to be 100,000 followers and up, although that is just speculation at this point. So don't quote me. Also, the company says that it has developed this new program based on feedback that they got from creators in the creator fund. And I think we can all say as you know, creators who are part of the creator fund or people that have heard about the creator fund, we're not actually earning anything relevant from the creator fund. Even creators who are getting millions of views are earning a few dollars. And so I hope that they are taking that big issue into consideration for this creativity program. Basically, what we've heard so far, they actually told TechCrunch that they have reworked the formula to offer a higher average gross revenue for those qualified video views. So it seems like we're going to be able to be paid more through this program. Although again, nothing has been like 100% confirmed on on what that's going to look like. One thing that I thought was really interesting though, to start earning with this program, creators actually have to create high quality original videos that are longer than one minute. I think this is a real play on TikTok wanting to compete more with YouTube. You know, YouTube is one of the only platforms that we have access to long longer form video that we're, you know, actually able to stay up with and and be interested in. And so the idea that they're only pushing these videos that are longer than one minute speaks volumes about where they're going with video length in the future, in my opinion. And lastly, it says that this program gives creators access to an updated dashboard with more insights into estimated revenue, video performance metrics, and analytics and video eligibility requirements. So very vague at this point with the creativity program from TikTok. As soon as I have more information, you guys know that I'll update you, but I'm actually very excited about this. I think TikTok needed to make some changes to the creator fund. We didn't really care about it, I think, for the most part. So I'm very interested to see how this goes. I also have to let you guys know that the Profitable Creator Playbook that I've created is live. We packed three of our most useful resources into this ultimate playbook for you to basically become a profitable creator. In this free resource, you're going to find our anti-pitch method masterclass, the creator rates database that we've been building for months with more than 200 different rates from a variety of creators. And third, our roadmap to full-time guide that will help you answer all of the questions that you're probably asking yourself about taking your creator hobby into a full-time gig. So this is available to you for free in the show notes. You can go download it and let me know what you think. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. I get so many questions, you guys, about turning gifted partnerships into paid partnerships and creating really strong relationships with the brands and with the agencies. So we decided to do an entire podcast answering all of your questions. Today, I'm here with Rafi. She's a digital manager at Infinity Creative Agency. So Rafi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to chat. I can't wait to hear your answers to all of these questions myself, very selfishly uh, looking forward to that in this episode. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, I would love to kind of have you start off by just giving us the rundown. Yeah, perfect. So my name is Rafi Evans. Like you said, I'm a digital publicist at Infinity Creative Agency, which is a agency that works on the VIP editorial and influencer front. So What we do is we work with fashion, lifestyle, beauty brands, and we help connect them with opportunities through VIP opportunities, through editorial placements, and then my favorite, which I personally work on, which is the digital (laughs) front and 
made up mostly of influencer partnerships and talent partnerships. So that is a little bit of what I do. I do a lot of organic seeding. I do talent partnerships. I do paid partnerships. I do events. Um, I'm kind of like that that middleman between influencers working with some major brands, and I kind of help to advise those brands on how to best work with influencers, which is what I love to bring to the table. So it is. I've been in it for about a, a year now. I've been working in kind of like going towards PR. I've been with Infinity Creative for the past six months. Um, and before that, I was a talent strategist at a platform called Triller. And then prior to that, I actually worked on the talent side. And I was a like jack of all trades assistant for a TikTok content house. So wow. I've been on, yeah, I've been on a couple different sides of this. And my whole thing is just like trying to learn how to best serve creators more. So I think I can definitely do that in the spot that I'm in. So <laughs> very excited to spill all my secrets to you all. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we're, we're ready for you to spill the tea. That's for sure. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I would first love to kind of hear how brands decide whether to offer a creator a paid partnership or a gifted partnership. I think a lot of the creators listening are probably in the situation where they're like very frustrated because they're getting, you know, gifted partnerships and gifted partnerships, but they're having a hard time getting chosen, I guess, for more paid opportunities. So how do you guys actually decide who gets Mm -hmm. what behind the scenes? So personally, majority of my paid partnerships will always start as a organic seeding opportunity. So I know on this pod, you guys talk a lot about like relationship driven versus like cold pitches. And I'm 100% aligned with that. Uh, I do the majority of my business through creating relationships with creators, with their teams, with managers, with agents. Um, And just like about my real life and how I choose to, you know, consume content also. So I know a lot of people are always kind of like gearing to be compensated right from the get go and from the start. And I 100% understand that because that is, you know, the business part of what you guys do. But the majority of the time, I almost need to develop a sense of trust. I need to develop a sense of understanding and loyalty from you and from your team. So I always start as an organic seating just to kind of see like, does this person enjoy the product? How do they handle yeah. you know, the professionalism of an organic seating opportunity? Are they timely with their emails? You know, do they post the content they say they're going to post, you know? So I always try to kind of vibe check creators kind Fair. of with that, with that opportunity. And I will evaluate basically how that, I consider those to be partnerships in their own right, because you right. Know, there is some transactional kind of situation and you know you've you've given your side and I've given mine and how we see how we develop here is how I choose to go forward so I would say if you get an organic seating opportunity the best way to turn that into you know a paid participation or paid uh, partnership moving forward is develop the content that you say you're going to develop if you accept gifting it's not you know it's the unwritten rule that if you accept gifting you're going to make content about it and the way that it works on our side is where our currency is placing that brand in the hands, but also on socials for in the hands of good targets. So I would love to gift everyone that I know is a great target who is going to use the brand in real life and they're going to tell their friends about it. That I consider to be a win. But also I need to make sure that like I'm garnering impressions for these brands. I'm trying to like also get the awareness out there. So I'm kind of twofold trying to do that at once. And the perfect target is someone who is brand loyal enough to like say that they use it in real life, but also brand loyal enough to be posting about it on their socials. And 
from that point, I always go typically to an event driven kind of strategy. So if I can invite you to an event or I can invite you to something that, you know, is in real life, I love to interact with creators in person to kind of know what the vibe is also. Yeah. Um, another kind of vibe check situation if I'm able to, if they're located in, you know, areas that I right. get to frequent. But otherwise, kind of seeing how they participate in an event experience, especially for a brand that they're, you know, trying to get a paid partnership from. So yeah. if you're not showing up to the event that I'm inviting you to for this same brand, but you know, you're you want a paid partnership, odds are I'm like, hmm, well, what what's really what are you trying to get out of this? Right. So right. I'm always trying to build more longer term partnerships. That is the goal for me too, because, you know, having some sort of strategy and structure that's not just organic seeding, it's very reactive a lot of the time. Trying to be proactive for a lot of these brands is setting up longer term partnerships. But I almost want to see like that brand loyalty. I want to see, you know, your professionalism. I want to see a lot of different things kind of layered to be able to like get to this offer point of a paid partnership. And that's ultimately the goal for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's so fair too. Like it's hard for a creator to just get gifted opportunities and feel like they're never going to get a paid opportunity, but it really is like a vibe check. If you in any other industry or just in your, in your personal life, if you met someone and you know, you wanted to work with them or you wanted to spend more time with them or whatever, wouldn't you want to like test out first, especially when money's involved? Like, exactly. is this someone that I can confidently give thousands of dollars to to perform a task we don't know like just based off of you know how cute your instagram photos are you know like there's exactly a lot of moving parts so it, it really does make sense that you need to vet people before you spend someone else's money and, and, and put I your think, trust in them i think there also is an element like people think that just because there's no compensation on the creator end for gifting doesn't mean that there's not significant spend on the brand side like organic seeding costs a ton of money for brands. And that's yeah. just to try to get it into the hands of people to try the product to like, you know, understand it or to you know, test it out themselves. So like there is a large budget that gets allocated just to being able to do that. And, you know, some brands aren't as strong or don't have the resources to be as strong on an organic front. So, you know, paid partnerships in that sense, like you might not always get the return because, you know, if yeah. I'm doing paid partnership for a brand that has no brand affinity in the market, like that's not going to really convert to sales. So a lot of the times the strategy is, you know, put put it in the hands of a ton of people to try to see how, you know, people enjoy the product. Do they right. like the clothes? And a lot of the time I'm working on like, I'm mostly on fashion clients. So, you know, I range from doing, you know, a very affordable piece of clothing to also, you know, very not affordable pieces of clothing. <laughs> So I always think that organic seeding is an opportunity to create content for a lot of creators and paid partnerships, you know, is the dollar amount that's going into your pocket. But if I'm gifting you product to be able to create more content with, like that is an opportunity that I'm able to provide for you. And I think there's a huge conversation right now around who is the ones getting organic seeding opportunities, because those are the people that are able to generate more content around what they're receiving. So for me, like being able to provide opportunities for people who may not be getting pretty much any organic seeding, but now they have the ability to create more content around gifting, like that will help you create opportunities because if brands see that you're getting a lot of gifting, they're also going to want to gift you. So we're all kind of are vying for the same 100 girls, which I personally don't align with. I think I'm always trying to like wider that, that base of people who are accepting gifting. 
But there is a sort of game that you have to play to be able to receive, be able to generate content, and then kind of be on this top of mind list for when the moment does come for paid opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something with like our anti-pitch method. That's exactly what it's based on is the idea that if you were to just send a cold pitch, you have to be the right creator with the right brand for the right campaign at the right time. Like that's, that's very difficult to coordinate. So this way you're able to create these relationships, you know, show the brand or show the agency that you are very loyal to the brand and actually genuinely in it to help them you know, to whatever their goal might be, whether it's sales or brand awareness. And then from there, like you said, when a partnership comes up, who are you going to think of first? Of course, the people that have already shown you, you're they're loyal and they genuinely, you know, have the same interest in mind. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like I, we just did Black Friday, Cyber Monday is a very easy example. And like Black Friday, Cyber Monday is a lot of the times brands do have money to like spend, you yeah. know, to promote sales and whatnot. And I know that every single list I generated for a client that was interested in doing some sort of social support, I generated those lists off of organic opportunities that I saw that went very well. I was like, who did a really great job giving me way more than like was asked for? And you know, you know, that's a give and take too, because I don't want you to feel as though you have to be posting additionally, or, you know, trying to play that game to a way that you don't feel as though is like fair on your end. But also like that did create more opportunity for people. And I got to put dollars in pockets for people who kind of gave me a little bit at the beginning. And then I knew they could deliver. Yeah. So it was very easy for me to, and I already had those relationships already lined up from like organic opportunities, got to hit them back and be like, Hey, actually I do have money this time. And you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to give it to you. And a lot of the times I feel like people think that, especially on the agency side, and I know this because I sat on the talent side too, (laughs) where it's like, we're trying to like play this game of like, oh, I'm out to get you. I'm trying to get you to not, you know, I'm trying to get you to agree lower. I'm trying to get you to hard, I'm trying to lowball you. And I'm just not a talent strategist that plays like that. Like, and I know a lot of my peers too, like if we have money to offer, we will often lead with it because we know that it's easier and less time sensitive to get people to agree when we go out with money. So I know for me, so if you get an email from me, like odds are if I'm leading with money, that's what I have. I typically go out best and final because my goal is to not stiff creators. But also if I'm not leading with money, odds are I don't have money to spend. And I'm not trying to like do you dirty to try to get you to agree (laughs) something without putting a dollar amount behind it. Odds are I just don't have the budget to be able to like move forward with that. And if people aren't accepting like organic gifting and they're like, I am focusing on paid partnerships pretty at this time. To me, that takes you out of a tier of like, okay, I'm just not going to go to you for any organic opportunities and understand that that means across any brands, not even just the ones that I work on. Like that's information that we pass along to each other. So, you know, I'm not the only one who sits in this role. I manage like 10 select clients, but there are many of me who sit there and kind of, and we're like, oh, so-and-so is not accepting organic anymore. Yeah. kind of takes you off everyone's list until, you know, you send an email saying I am accepting organic. <laughs> but yeah. no, it kind of it information moves in that way. And I know that from the agency perspective, we're not trying to like screw creators, we're trying to yeah. like best align our brands with good creators. But we're also like, we're not trying to like get you. There's no like gotcha moment. Yeah, happening yeah, yeah. Here. yeah. <laughs> that's always a plus. Because I mean, I think I understand it, obviously, from a creator perspective, like, there are plenty of agencies and companies out there that are out to live volume. <laughs> you know what I mean? So totally. I, I get the kind of like 
I almost like mistrust or like the hesitance. Um, but again, like once you find agencies that are trustworthy and legitimate, like that's why I think it's so important to like further that connection and keep building that relationship. Because again, there are a lot of great agencies, but there are a lot of sketchy agencies too. So it's good to have like totally. your foot in the door with the good ones. But I am curious to hear. So if you say had a brand and there was a list of creators, you know, that you wanted to work with, you reach out for a gifting opportunity to kind of like start this relationship with them. What does the perfect like process look like? So I am curious about that, but I'm also curious when it comes to gifting, do you guys always kind of like, I know it's like an unwritten rule to, to kind of create that content, but do you ever kind of explain like what is expected or like we want one Instagram post or you know what I mean like how does that whole process work yeah um so we will generate like suggestions or recommendations to the brand so it is final say does not come from us typically those are approved names typically that are targeted you know we make a list typically double the amount that (laughs) yeah I would say a brand (laughs) wants to actually send out And then we send it off for approvals. And that could just be like, you know, the brand is looking for brand alignment. They're looking for high engagement rates. They're not necessarily always looking for high following, but they are looking for a sense of community. Is this person Mm -hmm. somebody who typically was brand loyal? Or is this, you know, someone who's popping right now who we would love to just get hands? So we make a lot of recommendations. We make notes on those recommendations. Brand basically delivers back approvals on them. And then we pitch out just the same way that, you know, people pitch to us. We pitch our clients out. So I'm in influencers inboxes. I'm in talent inboxes, managers inboxes every day. Um, And then from there, I basically pitch out if it's a new collection, if it's, you know, an event. I do a lot of new collections and I tailor them however I feel. But (laughs) say it's a new collection and it's a holiday collection and I'm gifting from that. the ideal world is for you to send me a perfect email in which you're sizing your address and the exact links of like what you want from yes. whatever website I sent you. You would be shocked the amount of emails that I get that have not missing information from those three. So let me just spell that one out real quick. Yeah, um, be detail oriented. That's yes, a good a good point. Like giving a good shipping address, letting me know like your doorman if you need to like every little detail about getting that to you is best to be explained immediately and there are brands that understand that in exchange for organic gifting like there is the unwritten rule that you're going to create content in a dream world i would love to see that content soon after the gifting (laughs) but i understand that like a lot of the time that you can't really facilitate that so for me i give myself like up to three months past the gifting to be able to see that content and that's something that i try to instill in brands too where it's like you might not see an immediate turnaround but you know in time when somebody has the moment to wear this outfit they might wear that outfit but for me i love to see like i mean a full scope would be you unboxing would be included in that you wearing the product is also way better than you just unboxing it. I'd love to see the way that things yeah. fit on you. I love to see what you wore them to. Generating content, it doesn't have to be a specific static. It doesn't have to be a specific reel. And also just you featuring the content. Like brand tags are a huge piece of it. And that is, you know, love to see a brand tag. But honestly, like I'm constantly scanning socials just to see if you're wearing it. Like you don't even have to tag. If you post a mere selfie and you're featuring the jeans I sent you, that's a win for me. You know, you wore that in your real life. 
and I don't have to claim that you tagged them, but I saw you wore that for 24 hours, say, whatever. Right. And that's something that I get to share back with them as well. So I'd say just being able to, and also rewearing things. Like I love to see creators who don't just do like a one story and done kind of situation. I want to know that the products that I get to do is something that like is now a staple in your closet. Um, so I would say that in a dream world, it includes brand tags. It includes multiple, you know, verticals of, or different platforms. If you yeah. want to post on TikTok, if you don't, but also I'm not ever like checking off a list of being like, Oh, this person posted on TikTok, posted on Instagram, you know, tagged them. It doesn't yeah. really work like that. But it is easier for me to re-gift to you if you deliver more to me and if you do it timely. So it's like more opportunities will come to you if we can say, hey, this person was really great about this organic gifting effort. Right. Maybe we should provide more of these opportunities for them. So from there, we basically are constantly scanning all socials ever and delivering those pieces of content back to the brand. So if you've ever gifted, been gifted something, odds are there was a girl, PR girly, who was screenshotting and screen recording your content. <laughs> and in real time, we share that with the brand to make sure that they understand who is wearing, at what time they're wearing, and just to see kind of like our efforts and how they've landed. So it's always a good week when you get uh, multiple <laughs> placements out of people. But Yeah, that's how I and I always kind of evaluate how one goes to be able to put them on new target lists for other brands. And, you know, I have a lot of similar brands that have very similar targets. And um, the goal would be to be pitching that person multiples instead of just one offs and in hopes that their audience grows, you know, in affinity with that brand's audience. So a lot of the times there's UGC pieces of it that like, you know, sometimes brands will love the content so much they'll be like hey I'd love usage rights on this like is there we have money to be able to spend on that do do you can we facilitate that so that's what I always tell people too is like hey there's a there's a potential on this where it gets bigger so like if you're generating good content at the start I might I might have the ability to pay you later but I mean that's a toss-up too like understand that that might come that might not but it has happened so (laughs) yeah okay it's a placement currency for us is is the tangible posts of being able to say this person wore this person tagged but also like i kind of the the brownie points i feel like for creators for me is their follow-up um when Mm, creators kind of off of an organic email will follow follow up and be like hey i received the clothes i wore them this, I wore them to a wedding. I wore them to this. They were so great. For me, that's like, I know you. I feel better at the fact that I sent you these. And now we have some yeah. sort of less transactional moment. But also, like, that helps me to know that you've posted content. And that's not necessary to, like, send me links. But it's very helpful to me to be able to see True. what you did post. So I'm not missing those kinds of things. Um, so I always kind of like will judge how it went based on their follow through. And oftentimes, you know, it's like, oh, this didn't fit really well. Like, do you mind sending me a different size? And that's definitely something I can do. So it's like, I don't want you to have something that doesn't work for you. That's like, I'd love to know. know how it worked out. So always hit your people back if their stuff doesn't fit, because they will, um, they will likely exchange it for what does. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what we would ideally right, like to, if not. yeah, we, we want people to be wearing the clothes and enjoying the clothes and when someone asks or is like, hey, where where are those jeans from? You link the, you know, brand yeah. store, you link your LTK and 
a lot of the brands we work with are on affiliate platforms and we push that and we encourage that of creators to be like, Hey, you know, if you can sell 40 pairs of pants, sell 40 pairs of pants. And odds are those are people as well that, you know, the brand is like, Hey, so-and-so sold us 50 pairs on black Friday. We'd love to keep doing a partnership with them because they converted into sales. That's another opportunity point where I could say that was an organic gifting moment that now has turned into a paid partnership. So there are a lot of different avenues to get to compensation, but it typically starts on that beautiful organic front. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely really helpful. There were a lot of little tidbits of information I think that you just gave that maybe aren't so obvious to a lot of people that could be very helpful. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm also curious too. So to kind of back it up a little bit, I know you said when you guys are going through and building these lists that you're sending out to brands, most of it is you going out there. You're probably scrolling through TikTok all day, scrolling through Instagram all day, finding these um, great creators to work with. Do you ever put creators on these lists if they come to you? How does that process work? And I guess, what do you look for in like a pitch email if there is going to be one? Totally. I do receive pitch emails and I will be honest, I look at them. I, every time someone sends me one, as long as it's not like a copy paste (laughs) mail merge, if it seems specific enough to me, um, I always look at them and I always evaluate the content. And yeah, there has been moments where I've been like, oh, this is a perfect person for so-and-so brand. Like I'll put them on a target list. And, you know, from that moment forward, it's okay, let's see the follow through of of that opportunity. But I would say if you're going to send pitch emails, have them be, you know, targeted specific. I know at the start of the year, I received really good ones from managers that made like a curated list of talent that they knew I was pitching this specific brand to them pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just gave me, hit me with a list of like, hey, here are creators that we have on our roster that would be perfect for this specific brand. If you're interested in organically gifting, you know, let us know. And I appreciated that they knew that they weren't immediately going out for a paid partnership, but they were open to being organic, but also that, you know, hey, that's 10 names that maybe I wasn't considering to be on those, those lists at the start of the year that now, hey, they kind of curated for me. So those yeah. are definitely opportunities too. Um, but yeah, I've, I've included people who've, who've pitched me and pitched well and people I've met at events. I put on target lists all the time. I would say events are a huge way to kind of get in an agency's top of mind list. And right. odds are if you're pitching one person who's at an agency, they will share that you are. I know that's how ours works. We're very internal in that way. So if you email us and you're like, hey, I have a trip to the Caribbean coming up. I would love gifting to be able to take with me. That's an email you can send. And that is totally a good pitch email because that gives me an idea of what you're traveling to go do, what my product would be making the trip with you for. And also like what kind of content might be generated off the back of that. So I tell people, you know, instead of just sending like those cold pitch emails, the regular analytics, whatnot, like, it's also good to know like, hey, I'm going to this wedding. Hey, I'm going to I'm have a big bachelorette party. I just facilitated, you know, an opportunity for a lot of our beauty brands because a mega TikToker is like, hey, I'm doing my bridal like boxes. I'm like asking my bridesmaids. Oh, nice. And we had brands that like would love to be a part of something like that and love right. to, you know, dress people for something like that because we have a better understanding of what that product's being used for. So it's a lot of moments like that. If that answers your question. Yeah, that totally makes sense. No, that that definitely does. And as you were talking about this, I I 
think that it's important to note this as well. Again, creators look at gifting with like a certain light. I think it's very it's very instant for a lot of creators to be like, oh, I don't want to do gifting because I'm not getting paid. But something that you were saying too is like the idea that you're going to organically share it and then probably share it again. And then when there's a paid opportunity, it's now not your first time talking about that brand. Like you've already introduced the brand to your audience. By the third time they hear it, that's probably the third time that they needed to hear in order to actually make a purchase. And so I actually think that could be very beneficial for you to go through the gifting process for that reason specifically. Um, So I wanted to make note of that, but I also was curious as you were talking, how can creators find out what brands that you're currently representing? So like if we want to send out an email here and we want to like tailor it and make it seem like it's not just a copy and paste email, how are we supposed to know? Because a lot of agencies don't necessarily like have all the brands they represent like on their website. Totally. find out? Um, I would say agency Instagrams are a huge highlight of the way that we do our work. And that is how we continue to let the world know that we are representing certain fashion clients or beauty clients. And a lot of the times we're resharing photos of, you know, VIPs or celebrities or editorial placements. So that's a really, really easy way to do that. Um, Most of us have like our aliases that kind of reach our entire digital team. I would say that's also a really good way to do it. Um, And if you ever happen to get one person's email, you're okay to pitch that person's email, even if you don't know what specific clients they are on. Um, I'm just like always in the inbox of the same tip, like type of managers, typically like very lifestyle fashion oriented managers. Um, But yeah, I would say it's if you found my email from here, you're, you know, magically you're allowed (laughs) to pitch me like I get emails all the time in that sense. So I would say we don't because on the agency side, we are doing a handful of, you know, clients at a time. It does rotate. Like I'm not going to be on the exactly. same clients or accounts that I'm on at this given moment. But that's not to say that the overall, you know, the overall company is not going to represent that client anymore. So it's important to have relationships with the agency as well as right. individual relationships with the person because, you know, I have I've been on multiple sides of this and I've taken every talent relationship with me. And that has come from the, you know, I came from literally on the ground with talent, took those to a platform, helped yeah. you know, that platform, took my platform talent, came here. And my angle is like, I'd like to, you know, like I said, I just want to widen that group of people who are typically receiving this kind of yeah. opportunity. And because I come from a background of not traditional fashion clients, like I, you know, my base is a lot wider <laughs> than, yeah, than yeah, most yeah. people. So I'd say you can email me. You can, it's okay to email people. We have inboxes that are insane. But um, <laughs> I would say if you can DM Instagrams. Also, if you, a lot of us have our handle or that we work for Infinite, like ICA in our handles and, you know, be tread lightly there, be professional. But yeah, if it's, <laughs> if it's a personal account, maybe not. But like, if it is a public facing account, like you can DM. Right. I use my DMs all the time to like get emails for people. Um, you can DM right. the official company. Instagram and we always, hey, I'm going to Aspen. Do you have anything going on in Aspen at the time? Aspen was like really hot at the beginning of this year. <laughs> and and we were generating like in real time a list of people who we saw were in Aspen, who were DMing us were in Aspen. Anyone wow. we were talking to is in Aspen. So that's another like point that I would yeah. say. Also, if you're just tagging brands a lot of the times, if they are a brand that's in our network, 
I go through my account, my tag brands all the time, just to see what creators are wearing them like naturally and organically. Yeah. So um, if you are aligned already and you're a purchase, a purchaser consumer of that product, like that's a huge, great gateway for me to kind of right. leap through to, to gift you. So just keep tagging brands as well. And uh, yeah, I will find you, um, which I know is not always, we also use like platforms too, to like very nichely specific um, to, if we needed a fitness influencer in New York City lower New York yeah. City, then we we do targeted searches like that as well. But it is a lot of top of mind, word of mouth relationship driven. That makes sense. I'm also curious to hear how, I guess this is what made me kind of think of it. You were saying about how, you know, like maybe not DMing the person personally on Instagram. <laughs> and I completely agree with that. I feel like that's like, you're like stepping over like a boundary there. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious what you feel, what you feel about connecting with people on LinkedIn. Um, so like if, if I, as a creator was like, oh, I, I really want to work with her or at this agency, whatever, connecting with you on LinkedIn, sending you a message there, is that like a better option, obviously, than Instagram? Um, I think for someone who uses their LinkedIn strategically, yes. Yeah. Like, I think LinkedIn is a great platform, especially in the recent couple of years. And I think especially in the creator world, it has widened significantly and mm-hmm. if you're not on LinkedIn I know that you're a big poster on LinkedIn so I'm like now's the time you're not <laughs> totally and like they have a huge huge creator program as well and then they've done great work there so I think it it makes a lot of sense and you have visibility in a way that you know you might not have visibility and that's also another avenue that like I check my LinkedIn all the time I I'm also pretty crazy about my Instagram DMs also but <laughs> I would say yeah that's totally a route if you can see that the person is like an active user I would say right. that's a great route um but a lot of the times I would say that sometimes the head the the soldier level people who are like on the ground footwork are the ones who aren't using LinkedIn a lot of the times I would say just in my demographic so you might get someone a little senior to be like responsible for that so just tread lightly but um I think if on the social media piece of it. It's like if a person is putting their place of work in their bio, I think fair game personally. I think you can tread I think you can tread that, but if you've chosen to like brand yourself as that being, you know, part of your person and you have a public facing account, I think (laughs) it's fair game personally. So I don't think you should be discouraged from that. Um, there is PR is definitely not like the creator world in where there are tangible hours. There are a lot more you know, it's a little more regimented than the creator industry is, which is pretty much 24-7 all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say it is more of like a traditional, like structure. So just being very strategic in how you do that and how you yeah. handle your outreach, I would say. But I would say LinkedIn message would be totally fine. I had people at the start of the year where I posted a big thing and I was like, if you're a manager, if you're a creator, like hit me, hit my line. I'm, I'm ready to do business. So Totally. I love that. I'm also curious to hear what is something that would make you not want to continue working with a creator? What are some maybe red flags? Do you have any crazy stories? Anything that you're like, oh man, no. Nope. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would say ghosting me after ghosting me in any part of the gifting process <laughs> is a huge no-no. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times for more luxury items or for giftings that I know are like a significant dollar amount, I will put in writing and ask people to confirm some sort of coverage of stories and whatnot. And a lot of the times people seem to like go a little ghost on that part. 
And that just tells me that I can't trust you to, yeah. to gift you luxury products. And, you know, I've been a fool and I've sent some stuff and never gotten mm-hmm. coverage. And I'm sure people really love walking around with their luxury goods. But, <laughs> you know, that was the fastest way to like not stay on my good side. But also right. I would say if you are confirmed an attendee that you are going to an event and then you back out and you don't say anything, you're a no show. That's really not loved on our side of things. Fair. Even though it's like an unpaid opportunity and you're just kind of agreeing to go, obviously it helps to be considerate in that sense. So yeah. I would say if you are not able to, just shooting an email is typically very helpful. Communication. Um, communication. Super hard for people. Huge one. I know. It's it's pretty crazy that that seems to be the... But no, otherwise, like, there aren't really opportunities to, like, I guess if you're speaking so negatively about a brand that, you know, did organically yeah. gift you, unless it you had a really great reason for it. But <laughs> odds are that also is something that would, you know, draw a red flag. I typically am always on like monitoring whether you're alignment or, you know, you're brand friendly. So that's not something that I feel like typically factors in. Like a lot of brands just don't consider that. So I would say just, yeah, professionalism and communication is the easiest way to stay on everybody's good side and the fastest way to not be. It's so crazy because it's such a simple concept, but for some reason, it just like falls to the wayside. So many people are like, oh, I'm more worried about my numbers and my engagement and all of this, but they don't really put a lot of work into learning how to communicate with people. And again, like be a good brand partner. That's something that I hear from companies that I've worked with over and over again. It's like, we love working with you because you're such a great brand partner. Like, then it's never like, oh my God, your content was is the best I've ever seen in the world. Okay. But it's, it's, you are so easy to work with. You make me look good to my boss. I can count on your reply. I can count on you doing what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it. And yeah, that really goes a long way because at the end of the day, your goal is to look good in front of the brand. So if we can help you look good in front of the brand, then you will like us. It's no, it's a, figure out. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody, actually. Right. It's like, if you just do what you say you're going to do, I'm kind of okay with that. And it's true. <laughs> like, no one's... I would rather work with someone who is much smaller, who is a better person to work with and a better brand target yeah. than someone who's mega, mega following and who is very unreliable. To yeah. me, that does nothing. And brands are learning to, like, kind of stray mm-hmm. away from those, like, mega, megas to people who like their product and who are loyal and who have affinity for them and enjoy working with their team. So I think a lot of the opportunities for events also is having that FaceTime with a brand client. Like I am constantly introducing creators to my, you know, my brand rep when I'm at events, like that is part of the hustle and going and showing up for things like that. You are having FaceTime. You are, you know, you have a couple minutes to maybe wow this brand, you know, rep as well to be like, Hey, this person might not have been someone I was considering, but I loved chatting with them and they were lovely. So maybe we should do something with them. Yeah. And you could be much further outside of the regulations of what a, a typical partnership look like. But if they like you, like they like you and you'll yeah. keep you'll keep being invited. I, and that's not it's very seldom that we like remove someone from that kind of a list once they've already yeah. gotten on it. So it's just breaking that, you know, that wall of getting yeah, in. Barrier. Yeah. Right. So it's a weird place to be kind of like a gatekeeper in that sense. Um, it's like, oh, I, I really do hold the doors to that. And right. 
I don't know. I have Victoria Paris, like had a really good point. She kind of brought up the conversation of like widening those lists and those target lists, because I think she kind of called PR companies out and was like, it's the same hundred girls. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I kind of have an opportunity here to like take this incredibly seriously. That. And yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying, you know, try to be more inclusive on your list, try to be my diverse, try to, you know, everybody wears clothes. It's not just the same hundred fashion creators <laughs> who are wearing clothes. So I think, yeah, I think, and if, if people play, if creators who are not solely fashion creators, but creators as a whole, like start playing that game with that kind of a mentality of it might be the long game instead of a, that like instant gratification yeah. short game, like it will turn out a lot of the relationships now. I mean, I've had for two, three plus years, especially in the LA TikTok space. And those are still my go-to people because I know right. they're reliable and I know as I grow, they'll grow with me. So we're all trying to kind of champion each other as we kind of come up this crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope everyone who's listening to this right now really just took that last bit in because I think that's so important for creators to know. A lot of the creators that I work with are smaller creators and I hear from people every single day, I don't have enough followers to reach out to that brand or oh my engagement rate sucks right now or you know like I'm not even going to bother like they're not going to pay attention to me. You just have to be a, a good person like you have to show that you're you're invested in the brand following count is not the most important thing and and it is less and less important as the days goes go on in my opinion so I love that you brought that up I think it's a huge 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 point for creators to really drill into their heads so that you can start me like stop making excuses I guess really like reach out to the brands you want to work with reach out to the agencies you want to work with you literally never know until you take the shot and, and see what happens. And again, most of the time, if you can do a good job of presenting yourself and really show that you're genuinely interested and, and have the same goals as the brand, why would they not want to engage you? I think sometimes the best creators forget that it's just the best create best creators are made up of people who have the skills to market themselves. Yep. And that is that. Like you might be the best at creating content, but if you don't have that ability of just like distributing it or having those contents to network like you're going to need people around you who have that ability to champion you because you know you yeah. can't do it alone so I 100,000% agree with you and a, a lot of people just need to think more of that longer term goal and if content creation and being a creator in any capacity is your goal like that needs to be a longer term focus versus yep. just like this instant gratification one um and I think there are just a lot of people who are trying to move the industry into more of a good person type yeah. of approach, good relationship type approach. And I know that everyone I do business with, it's like, I want to do business with people I like, and I don't want to have business where it's difficult to do. Yeah. So the easier you are to work with and the more pleasant you are to work with, the more opportunities that will come your way. I love that. I think that's a great note <laughs> to end things on. Thank you so much for everything today. I'm sure that people were furiously taking notes the entire time. <laughs> you gave us a lot of really great points. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. And I better get pitch emails from every single one of you. <laughs> you <Find> heard her. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.